Welcome to At the Root with Greg Kuyper. Greg is a psychotherapist and holistic life coach. His practice is Kuyper Counseling. Through his professional practice and personal experiences, Greg knows that without connection with ourselves, connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. A reminder, if you have a question or a comment, you can call into the show at 425-373-5527 or go to KuyperCounseling.com. There you can connect with Greg's YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuyper. You can also email Greg at ConnectionThroughAwareness at gmail.com. Hello to Greg. Hello, Stacy. How are you today? I am doing well. I'm doing very well. I... I took a lot away from last week talking about repairing the disconnect. Yeah. It was helpful. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what we're going to learn this week. You know, I am shifting gears a little bit. I want to revisit what I've been referring to as illusions. Mm -hmm. We've been talking about illusions, right? And, And these partners triggering each other's illusions and going into that critical loop. But what are these illusions, right? We talked about this quite a while back. Mm-hmm. But, but I want to go into a little bit more because it's, it's important that each partner understand their own illusion as well as their partner's illusions so that they can interact without the triggers, without the right. reactions to the illusions. And I think sometimes... We talk about these illusions, we're just, we kind of go right by, yeah, the illusions, you know, yes, the illusions, but but let's get into it a little bit. And, well, I mean, it yeah. feels like the illusions are at the core of everything. It seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. In fact, expect, I will say it is. <laughs> well, I mean, dare you say it. Well, and we expect our partners to allow us grace as we get triggered, and we need to remember to allow them the same grace. That's right. And sometimes it's very hard. Mm-hmm. If we don't know that they're being triggered too, it's and not about them, Greg. It's about me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're triggering me. Exactly. All right. No, I am being triggered. Uh, There's a big difference. All right. So teach so me. The these illusions, I as I have described them, are in the context of our personal lives and and are basically automatic behaviors we have crafted to help us with the uncomfortable feelings of difficult situations. So a difficult situation happens. We want to figure out some way to protect ourselves or defend ourselves or or not get too involved in in the the difficult sensitivities of that situation, right? Ooh, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to back off. It's, It's automatic that way. For most of us, you know, I believe these protective behaviors developed at a young age. You know, although age is not a determining factor, it could happen anytime, but, but I think they start at that young age. Traumatic mental, physical, emotional experiences can happen at any age, though, right? I sure. Mean, yeah, it doesn't matter what age is not the determining factor. But... But it happens a lot with children, right? Because we're so vulnerable when we're little kids. I right. Mean, we're just total vulnerability. Well, we're sponges and we yeah. sense stress. And so we are like, let's be quiet or let's walk around on eggshells. Right. Right. We, we, 
and we're particularly vulnerable to relational trauma. And, and you know, I describe this is trauma that's happening between, uh, for us at that age, our caregivers and us generally, right? And I describe this as happening uh, after we have begun to develop explicit memory. So this is memory where we can put ourselves in a place or time. You know, we can see ourselves in that room at that time or whatever. That's an explicit memory. And this typically begins or happens around 18 to 24 months. Prior to that, I describe the trauma we may experience as developmental trauma. Okay. We have, a, we have an implicit memory associated with just the feelings, right? But our brains aren't there yet developed enough to establish a, you know, an explicit recollection of the events. Now, this kind of trauma really starts in the womb early in our development. Um, uh, and they're finding more and more about that out as, as research develops in that area. So, so as young children, we are totally vulnerable, right? Our safety, be it physical or emotional, is in the hands of our caregivers, whoever that is. We are unable to defend or protect ourselves. We just aren't. If, as so often happens, our caregivers exhibit an inability to protect or defend us, and in fact, maybe even threaten the sensitivities of our emotions, that, and those emotions are so imminent at that age. So what do we do? This little kid. Here, in this instance, we have the very persons that are responsible for our safety, and they are posing a threat to us by not honoring our sensitivities. That's the difficult place there. We can only react to the threat, and, and that means fight, flight, freeze, you know, the basic trauma reactions. Mm-hmm. So I'll pause here, and I'll ask everybody out there, I mean, Look back, what was your perceived or real emotional threat, I'll call it, at that young age? And what did you do? How did you react to it? What was your your coping mechanism, if you will? I mean, oh, you're going to, okay, <laughs> I see a hand up. I mean, I'm the only one here. Oh, okay. And, you know, and I don't think Eric is going to get into it, but, you know. No, no, well. Um, I remember as a little kid that as the baby of the family, and I know everyone listening is shocked, the talkative one, I was quieted, shushed, pushed mm. to the side. Children are seen and not heard. Um, yeah. You know, just there wasn't time or we're doing something or not now or whatever it is. You know, like that song, the, I think it's the Cat Stevens song, like Father and Son, or I always right. get it confused. Right. Anyway, it's the other one, isn't it? I don't know, whatever. No, you're um, so anyway, I feel like I was always pushed aside and quieted. And so then I learned then to be quiet until, frankly, I just couldn't shut up anymore. Right. And that didn't happen until much later that I was able to start expressing myself. Interesting. So, you know, that's, that's the freeze response, if you will. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Let me, I, just the other day, I had a woman talking about this in my office, and and she said, uh, "You know what I would do in those instances as a little kid? I would disappear. 
Oh, 100%. And she says, I would become invisible. And then she paused for a minute and she said, and you know what? I'm still invisible today. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Hey, girlfriend. Listen to the show every week, and like me, you will <laughs> yeah. no longer be invisible. That's good. So, so, so I'm challenging everybody that's listening and beyond, whatever, to that looks at these podcasts in the future, to just think about that question. You know, for a period of time, it's not don't don't analyze it. Just look at it with curiosity. What? What, what did I, what was my threat? What was it? You know, um, was it anger in the household? Was it, you know, sure. not being listened to? Was it, yeah. Well, and sometimes there's environments that we're in where there's conflict between mom and dad or conflict with an older sibling or there's things that are going on there. And sometimes, like in the case of my parents, they didn't mean any harm. They just... They didn't know the damage that was being done. So sometimes we are not comfortable saying that there's trauma because it doesn't seem to live up to the definition of trauma, right? We associate it with something monumental. Right. Right. And yet, by the way, this is your perceived trauma as a small child. Well, yeah, and we're so vulnerable. I mean, anything can threaten that that sense of uh, stability that we're, we're trying to maintain or, or find out about even mm-hmm. at that point. You know, we got our emotions are all over the place when you're that little kid. Sure. And, and it doesn't take much to, to uh, hurt or damage. You know, you were talking about parents. Uh, my parents argued angrily. My dad would react and he berated my mom and she would cry and plead and, lash back at him, and it was just a fight, you know, mm-hmm. not a physical fight, but a fight. And I would hear this. I hid in the closet with a box of Cheerios. I brought goldfish. Mm. That's what I did. My reaction was hide. Take flight and get away as far as I could. Well, when you're four or five, the closet is about the extent of your flight range, right? I mean, sure. You know, you're, you can't run away, and there's no way to trade your parents in for a new set. You're pretty much stuck with them and your reactions to protect yourself. So, yeah, I ate a lot of Cheerios in that closet. You still eat Cheerios? I can't stand them. No. <laughs> Tracks. <laughs> there yeah. is no way. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what does this have to do with the illusions, you know, we've been talking about? These defensive reactions we use develop into patterns of behavior. They become habit. We just do it. We are particularly susceptible to this at that early age, right? This is the beginning of the autopilot I talk so much about. This habit starts to form. It's unconscious. We just do it. So this unconscious programming is a collection of the defensive reactions we have developed to counter threats to our sensitivities over time, right? So we just keep collecting these little these little defense things that we do and to protect ourselves and we 
plug it into the autopilot so we don't have to consciously think about it, and that is the illusion. Mm-hmm. As our sphere of influence expands, right, first of all, it's just our parents, and then we go to preschool and kindergarten, and, you know, it, it, as, as this influence expands, so can the threats to our sensitivities, right? More people to um, do those things accidentally or whatever. And what was once a coping skill developed for a singular traumatic event, right, or a threat, this conversion into behaviors designed to defend us from threats from all kinds of situations and people, real or imagined. So in my case, I became conflict avoidant. And it all started in that closet, I think. I can still find myself uh, looking for a closet today. You know, if I'm if I'm not aware, I gotta I gotta watch that. No Cheerios though. The an- the ans- ancillary problems of our automatic defense reactions can be immense. I mean, this can this one reaction can spread out in all kinds of areas in our life, and and just magnify. Um, these reactions and the problems. For instance, you know, if we're conflict avoidant, we want to take care of everyone, you know, and everything. We want to make sure everybody, everybody's happy, right? I mean, that's just what avoidance is. So, so we take care of everybody and everything except ourselves. That way there's no conflict. No conflict. I'm, everything's good. Everything's mm-hmm. good. Take care of everybody. So this leads others around us to think that, boy, they are so together. And that's just what we want, right? For everybody to think we are just so together. We can find perfectionism is very helpful in this task. Remember, perfectionism is defined as us being perfect in the eyes of others, not being perfect in our own eyes. And then when we can't pull all of this off, here comes the shame and the lack of the self-worth. So all of this stuff um, can play a, a really detrimental part in our existence. Mm-hmm. And it all kind of sprung from that avoidant place that we developed. If our pattern behavior is based on the flight reaction, which is what we're talking about, then we are undeniably avoidant and dismissive. So what started as a flight from angry situations with our caregivers has now morphed into this flight from any situations requiring emotional expression. My dad existed in some kind of time warp where he thought I should have the ability to reason and think critically like an adult at the approximate age of six. <laughs> yeah, so, so there was a lot of suck it up, stop crying, get it right input for me. And that fed right into my avoidant responsiveness, right? When we are avoidant and dismissive of our own emotions, We are avoidant and dismissive of the emotions of others. And if those others are close to us, we got a big, big problem. I see it every day. Illusions 
by definition, are not real, right? They are not true. This makes them false. I define the collective automatic behaviors, these reactions, that we have developed as part of our personality to be illusions because they are not real. They are not true. We incorporate these illusions into our autopilot to automatically shield us from threats to our sensitivities that probably don't even exist anymore and haven't for quite, you know, for some time. And yet they're still written in the code of our automatic behavior, right? Mm-hmm. I think of this as like when you have, uh, you know, you can use tape to pick up like dog or cat hair on your couch, right? And you use it and it picks up all of that. But then it also picks up other stuff as well. Right. And so suddenly you start using it for everything. And that's what this feels like is that it is. we create something that it's like, well, it's for this purpose. And then you just kind of get into this habit of like, well, actually, it works for this and this, too. So I'm just going to use the same tool for different jobs. Yeah. The analogy queen strikes again. Well, I, I mean, that say. was good. I, you know, right? I mean, tape works for like crumbs it. and yeah, cat yeah. hair and, you know, yeah. So we live under the illusion, this illusion that we've developed is that we're okay. Things aren't too bad. We are unconscious of our unconscious programming that is running the show. The illusions allow us to keep whatever it is we are protecting out of our conscious realm, not in here. When the whole premise we are operating under is false, the truth is sooner or later going to slap us, wake us up, and get our attention. It's bound to happen. Something happens and your illusion is threatened. Hmm. Your wife wants a divorce. Your boss says he doesn't think you're a team player and you're being replaced. You overdose. Tragedy points to the falseness of our illusion. And we take an unexpected hit. Unexpected because we've been on autopilot, just cruising along. Our illusions can consist of many factors, right? Being distant, overprotective, Selfish, manipulatively, being passive-aggressive, over-emotional, not emotional, victimization, being the victim, addiction, behavioral disorders. All of these factors can be in this illusion that we're operating under. I believe that over time we add more and more of these behavioral reactions to our illusions repertoire in order to keep propping it up. This illusion has taken some hits from the truth from time to time, but we've managed to keep it functioning by adding new behaviors. So we can't anymore. Addicts may find the proverbial bottom where they are faced with the ruination of their lives. When do we find the bottom of our illusions and what they are doing to us. We talked, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about the flight response uh, to trauma uh, that we've experienced in relation. There is, of course, the fight response, right? 
we haven't talked about that, but that's typically exhibited by anger. We can bring this anger forward in our lives, and it becomes part of our illusion. Anger can be an avoidant response too, right? It's just shielding us from feeling the real emotional content of what is happening, and we get angry. We talked about that with Steve at Stephen and Charlotte. We did. Steve is kind of that way, right? Mm-hmm. And then we talked about the the freeze response, and you had the great. Uh, uh, you, you shared your story there about disappearing and mm-hmm. becoming invisible. Yeah. I'm still invisible today. That makes me Those sad. just few words just really hit me that day. But she became aware. That's the first step. Absolutely the first step. Yeah. So illusions. And then... Figuring, recognizing what our own illusions are, right, mm-hmm. so that we can bring them into awareness and um, figure out what to do with them, right? And that's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not as simple as going, oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, no, it's not at all. And then when you're, when you're in a relationship and you both got your own illusions going, I mean, that's where, we, that's where uh, uh, relationship issues happen, right? Mm-hmm. We, we're unaware of our own illusions, and then we blame the other person for causing us harm with their illusion, but we've got our own illusions, and yeah. What's interesting is uh, someone once shared with me that when you're reacting to something— you know, uh, the conversation was actually around intuition and a gut feeling, right? Uh-huh. So that your intuition is this automatic response. And so you'll get kind of this vibe about something. Right. However, it's always associated with something good. I mean, it mm-hmm. tells you something positive, right? Right. Even if it's like run, right? like it's a directive and it's a positive thing. And that these illusions, when we start hearing negative things mm-hmm. that it's much more of a conversation. It's, it's negative. And so when these automatic feelings that mm-hmm. are negative pop in, it's like I can tell the difference between what, you know, is really going on and what's maybe um, an intuitive idea about something or right. what may be true and what is that narrative that illusion where you know i'm like oh there it goes here's this here's this thing that's triggered and i absolutely can tell when i am being shut down and i go into disappear my body oh really yeah physically i physically i become like and i just shut down yeah and that's the first uh we're going to go segue more into that in upcoming sessions but that's the first place we want to be able to become aware of it happens in our physical body. Oop, what is that? Wait a second. Stop. Before it takes over, and three days later, we've made 17 people mad, and mm-hmm. we're at home, and mm-hmm. can't go to work, and whatever. Well, and you talk about the location that you associate, right? A closet, and that you tend uh, to do that. Interestingly, I also used to hide in my closet. Uh, it's where there, there was the best snacks, you know, it was, <laughs> like it was comfy, whatever. And also, I sort of wonder if I was somebody that hung out in corners a lot because I had, like, 
sort of walls backing me up because to this day I sit in the corner of couches or wherever it is oh, yeah, right. as like a I'm being backed up. I'm supported somehow. Right. And I can also like see what's going on around me to protect myself. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's 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 the the closet is kind of reverting back to the womb, right? Safe there, tight, close. Right. You know, warm. Totally. Right. And your little corner is, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's just interesting to start to, you know, you've been having us be aware of things. And when you start to just pay attention to these responses that you have, that feels like you've been emotionally slapped, where you just have this, like, yep. what just happened? Right. And you, when you have that feeling, to then be aware. Right. And that's where we're going to go with this a little bit more. We've been talking so much about awareness. But, but where I want to go with this now is we've got these illusions. And what were the original, what, what started that? What was way back there? What was the wound that caused the uh, per- perceived or real threat? What was the wound, right? And um, we're going to get into that. We're out of time now. but. That's where we're headed next is is move into the wound. And remember, we talked about the bandages yes. and, and all of that. And that's the important part of where I went ahead with this. So there we go. Love it. Okay. I look, I, weirdly, I look forward to that. Um, <laughs> you know, to. Weirdly. Well, I'm, you know, it's time to address the illusions it and is. undress the, the bandages. Yep. Um, okay. So, Greg, your advice. Everyone stay aware out there. See you next week.